Vernon Davis. Wow. What an inspiring, inspiring young man. He was well, he got himself way over to 300 pounds. He was type 2 diabetic. A1C was at a, at a horrible level. Um, glucose was there. He was diagnosed. He, he had problems with vision, with pain, and constant urination, and went to the doctor and got diagnosed. And the doctor just put him on medication and sent him on the way. And he just turned it around. He had friends that were in the nutrition and health industry um, turned it completely around. I wrote a book now. And he goes, talk about, you know, ground roots. I mean, he walks up to people in grocery stores. Do you know what you're doing with some of the things you put in this? You know, here's a picture of me. I'm well over 300 pounds. Now look at me. I'm under, you know, I'm around, around 200, 210. And um, just absolutely inspiring what, he, what, he's, what he's done, what he's doing now. He kind of had that moment where, you know, his son was born and what, what you know, what's, what's going to happen with me and just completely turned it around. And like so many wonderful and great people is that not only did he do it himself, but he writes about it and now shows other how to do it. His, his examples, if I can do it, anybody can do it. You know, the, the American public is, is addicted to sugar, in my belief. You know, health is a serious, perhaps the largest issue in this country. We have great individuals like Vernon Davis trying to reverse that trend. As you could tell, I love talking to this, to this young man, and uh, I, I know you're going to love this conversation. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Joey Pins. People ask me, how did I lose 130 pounds? The quick answer is always discipline. I started my business, wasn't paying attention to my health, was eating too much, you know, drinking too much sweets. My daughter was born. Next thing I know, I'm pre-diabetic, I have hypertension. I knew something had to change. Discipline. I, like many of you, have faced many challenges in your career, in your family, in your life, in your faith. How did you attack them? How did you approach them? How did you solve them, hopefully? It all had to have some degree of discipline. I'm also asked, how did you found and start a tech business that lasted over 25 years? Discipline. I was committed to it, enjoyed technology, didn't enjoy some aspects of it, but knew it was necessary. Discipline. Our podcast mission, how do we use discipline to better ourselves and society? Join me, please, as I talk to interesting people and discuss how they use discipline in their family and their passion and their careers and how it helped them. Our podcast vision, growth through learning from others. Joey Pins Discipline Conversations. It'll be light and serious. Join us, please. Thank you for consideration. I'm really excited to talk to you, uh, Vernon. V very excited. So how are we going to get America fit again, my friend? How? I mean, 75% obese and overweight. You know, there's so many things. There's uh, High caloric food is so available, so inexpensive. The, the government doesn't talk about exercise. How, how are we going to do it? You did it. I did it. How are we going to show this to everybody? Man, I think it just starts with uh, those that have been uh, successful um, with uh, getting in shape, with getting fit, with uh, taking back control of our health, uh, you know, using the technology that we have available to us, um, as well as uh, getting out here in these uh, in these streets, man, uh, sidewalks, 
uh, local convenience stores, grocery stores, and just uh, speaking, you know, speaking past our masks, uh, letting our voice carry and sharing, hey, you know, what do you have going on with your life, man? Have you worked out today? Um, hey, are you sure you want to pick up those bag of chips and purchase it today? You know, just starting conversations as awkward as it can be uh, and then going from there because there will be some comfort that comes from uh, having, you know, random conversations with, you know, strangers who can turn out to be friends uh, when talking about something so important as uh, one another's health. So do you actually do that? Um, so I do. Um, you know, I, you know, when I'm out and about, um, I, you know, spark random conversations, uh, asking, you know, some of the weirdest questions um, about, you know, what someone is putting into their grocery cart. Um, or, you know, if I'm uh, out at a convenience store, you know, just asking a random question. Hey, do you know anyone that has type two diabetes or, that, you know, ha has a prediabetes? Um, you know, I was at a, a restaurant uh, last week in Texas and, yeah, I saw someone that uh, actually had on a uh, mask of my alma mater, uh, and so that kind of broke, uh, you know, broke broke the silence there sure. uh, as we were standing next to each other. And uh, you know, I jumped right into it. Hey, man, you know anybody that could benefit from learning about a, a journey of diabetes reversal uh, naturally? Turns out the gentleman that I was speaking to uh, was type two diabetic, and wow. uh, you know, we had a great conversation. Uh, Share with him uh, just a little bit uh, as we were both, uh, you know, kind of kind of in a rush and, uh, you know, share with them my contact information and, uh, you know, hoping to speak with that gentleman here in the near future. And do we have to do this for the children as well? Does it have to start at that age or do we go from the parents down or from the kids up? Um, you know, to each his own. Um, my, my focus is, uh, parents, uh, adults. Um, and if, uh, you know, out where there are like teenagers that look like they're in high school, then, uh, trying to have a conversation with them, but primarily, uh, just adults and, you know, hoping, uh, that you know they'll benefit from that information and they want to pass it on to the next generation uh, in their in their families. So I, I read your your bio. It's it's fascinating. Please share share the story, Vernon Davis. Yeah. Um. So 2020, uh, July 2020, man, I found out I was a uh, type two diabetic, and uh, you know it, it should not have been a surprise, but it was. Mm. Um. You know, I had no idea that that's what was going on with my body. Um, prior to my diagnosis, um, I had been experiencing symptoms for about four or five months, um, including but not limited to uh, frequent urination. Um, mm -hmm. And I, it got to a point to where I was pulling over inside the interstate to relieve myself because I couldn't make it uh, to the to the next uh, restroom. Um, you know, it just it just was no way without. Uh, I just couldn't do it. Uh, it was either that uh, pulling over inside the interstate to urinate or peeing on myself. And, uh, you know, I chose to, you know, take the chance to pull up on side of interstate many, uh, many times uh, in about a two week, two week period. And that's when I was at the height of my concern. Uh, prior to that, my concern was very, very minimal uh, because I just figured I could shake it off. You know, the tingling in my fingers and my toes and uh, down the left side of my leg, I just figured I could shake it off. Um, I had blurred vision in my left eye. I felt like I could just shake it off. Um, you know, my, my mouth was always dry. You know, I figured, hey, man, you know, if I continue to drink. Uh, this soda, this juice, or a little bit of water, I'll be able to quench my thirst. But you know that never happened. Uh, I had a pain in the in my uh, right side, and uh, you know I just figured I could shake it off. And uh, once I you know expressed uh, those symptoms to the uh, doctor, uh, which uh, you know I didn't want to go to the doctor. My wife actually urged me to go um, after our trip to uh, Michigan, where I was pulling over on side the highway to urinate. Um, yeah, expressed to the doctor like, hey, you know, this is uh, this is what's going on with me. You know, I'm not sure the reason why. 
man, I took a blood sample, uh, urine sample, and the doctor came back and was so casual in expressing like, hey, Mr. Davis, you know, you're type 2 diabetic. You know, that's the reason for, you know, these symptoms that you're displaying. Here's a prescription for this particular medication, um, you know, and, you know, get that into your system and you'll you'll be you'll be OK. Uh, you'll you'll learn to manage it uh, is what they told me. And, uh, you know, I was shocked, man. Um you know, later, later on, you know, I realized that, hey, you know, this was self-inflicted, at least for me. Um, you know, I did it to myself when I started learning about uh, food and soda and juice and how it plays a role in uh, deteriorating your organs, um, uh, most notably uh, the liver and the kidneys. And uh, my pancreas uh, was in bad shape. And, uh, you know, I had to come to the conclusion, like, this is a result of an addiction that I didn't know I had. Um, and it was a food addiction, man. Um, you know, I, I went to food uh, for comfort. Um, it was a release for me, you know, in stressful times, stressful situations, you know, dating back to middle school and high school, uh, you know, couple that with, uh, you know, probably 14 to 15 years of, of you know, being, uh, you know, a young adult and, uh, you know, trying to navigate through the uh, treacherous waters of life. Um, you know, I packed on, uh, you know, many pounds and I was up to, at one point, uh, 315 pounds, um, you know, had never been that big in my life. Um, the day I was diagnosed, I was 274. Um, and that was still, you know, very excessive for me. And, and you know, it didn't reflect in the mirror, man. Uh, I, I had no clue that I was that big. Um, but when I look back on photographs of myself, I can see like, wow, man, that's a lot of weight. You know, I was carrying a lot of weight in my face and, and, and my gut um, and uh, some in my in my chest. Um, and uh, it was an eye opener, man. Um, you know, I remember leaving the uh, clinic where I was diagnosed uh, feeling defeated uh, feeling very, very insecure, sad. I was crying. And, uh, you know, I called my wife to share with her, Hey, this is, this is why, um, I called my parents to inform them as well. And, uh, as soon as I hung up with them, I, I called a friend of mine, two of them, actually, uh, one of them, uh, Tony Lee, uh, great friend for about six years. Uh, he was a personal trainer, is a personal trainer. And, uh, you know, I shared with him what was going on. And, uh, you know, he reassured me like, you know, man, Davis, I, I got you. Um, you know, we're going to get you back on track, uh, but you have to trust me. Um, and I said, man, I, I trust you, man. You know, you're my friend. I trust you. Uh, I believe that you'll be able to assist me with the knowledge that uh, he had acquired over the years, uh, you know, learning about fitness and helping others achieve their fitness uh, goals. The next friend I dialed, uh, and this is all in the parking lot um, mm -hmm. of the clinic. Um, I dialed uh, my friend, Breon Reed, who was an herbalist. Um, Breon had uh, quite a transformation uh, story. Uh, months prior, uh, which, you know, prompted me to give him a call. Uh, he, you know, a veteran. Um, he uh, was uh, working for, uh, I believe, an IT company and had a lot of, uh, you know, pain in his body uh, from sitting in, you know, some kind of chair. And he learned uh, to heal his body with natural herbs and uh, fruits and vegetables. And so, you know, I leaned on him uh, for guidance to do the same uh, here for myself. And, uh, you know, he, he we, we spoke uh, very briefly um, and I had to, you know, immediately jump into, you know, self-education, had to go back to school, uh, mm -hmm. learning, acquiring knowledge. Uh, but but this time it wasn't theory. It wasn't, um, you know, hypo uh, hypotheses or, or, you know, doing a term paper. This was OK. I need to learn stuff now to apply immediately into my life. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started learning about natural herbs, sea moss, um, bladder rack. Um, burdock root, elderberry, uh, started learning how, you know, those uh, sea vegetables and natural herbs that help heal, heal my body. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't agree with the approach that Tony uh, had when it came to fitness. 
uh, for me during the pandemic, uh, but I was desperate. So I gave it a shot. Um, and that approach was working out at home on our patio. You know, I had no equipment. And, uh, you know, I, I always grew up with uh, the uh, mindset of you go to the gym to work out, you use weights and, and different and different equipment to work out to get a good workout in. And, um, yeah, he debunked that whole that whole ideology that I had that I had adopted over the years. And, uh, you know, I'm so grateful uh, to you know be able to roll out of bed as tough as it was, you know, roll out of bed, uh, come down, get myself together, get hydrated and uh, step outside of my patio to do. Uh, 30 minute, a 30 minute workout, um, you know, very simple, but, but, but very difficult. Um, the exercises were simple. Um, and I thought, you know, I was going to master it all, but no, um, you know, it was very challenging and I had to, you know, I had to get better and allow myself time to, to, to be able to get better, to, you know, understand what I was doing. Um, and to also see results, uh, three months after my diagnosis, uh, my blood glucose level, had dropped. Um, now, I'm not sure the exact number because it wasn't recorded, but my A1C level was recorded. Mm. Um, on the uh, 23rd of October, my A1C level was at a 7.4. Now, for those that are listening, they may say, hey, man, that's still uh, that's still pretty high. Well, you know, the uh, the doctor and the nurse that I went to on the 23rd of October said the same thing, but I shared with them like, no, that's, that's a huge improvement. And so, Mr. Davis, what do you mean? Well, my A1C was greater than 15.5 on the 24th of July. And so I had decreased by over 50 percent. And that was huge for me. Um, It, you know, it had me feeling very confident. Um, You know, I noticed uh, on that same day my my clothes were fitting better, um, but I was nowhere near um, the goals, uh, achieving the goals that I had set for myself. And so I kept at it. Um, and, and one of the things I want, well, a few of the things I want to share with the uh, listeners here is, uh, you know, whatever your uh, goals are, especially as it relates to uh, health and fitness, uh, you, you can't do it alone. Um, mm. you, know, you, you gotta enlist some accountability partners. And for me, outside of my wife and my family, my accountability partners were, uh, two of my friends who just so happened to, uh, be in the uh, health and wellness space. Um, and so, you know, I was very fortunate, uh, to have Tony Lee, uh, to call and speak with. Uh, any time of the day, um, you know, when I felt like I was, you know, fall, falling off the wagon, um, when I was having emotional breakdowns, crying because I desired to have uh, a soda or a juice or, mm. or, you know, frustrated because I wanted to have a burger. Um, you know, and the same with uh, being able to contact uh, Breon as well uh, by call or by text. Um, and, and there were days, you know, during this journey where I did have, you know, crazy mental breakdowns to where I was, you know, sometimes I, I look back like I was crying for no reason. But, you know, it just kind of goes to the back to that addiction and that, that hold that uh, certain foods, junk food and sugary drinks had over me. And it was hard to break. Um, you know, growing up, I heard consistently, consistently that the uh, most addictive thing out there is sugar. And, mm. you know, it, it wasn't until this experience going on this journey, you know, uh, you know, ex- trying to exclude that from my life, at least the added sugar from my life, where I started feeling like, hey, man, I I think there's some truth to that saying. Now, um, you know, you know, sit here before you guys, fortunate to never have uh, done any drugs. Um, so I don't know what addiction is like in that regard. Um, but as it relates to food and sugar, uh, I can sit here and confidently express that, you know, I was uh, addicted and I had a hard time weaning myself off of it. Um, the easiest things I think that was that I was able to do was uh, not have soda and juice anymore, mm. only because I realized that that was the main issue for me. Uh, so, you know, the 24th of July, that was the last of 2020. That's the last day I had soda or juice. Um, but the, but the journey did continue. And, uh, you know, I, I continued to learn more and, 
uh, you know, educate myself on more, watching documentaries, uh, reading through uh, different uh, research journals uh, from different doctors. And, you know, it, it became a lifestyle. Um, you know, five months after my diagnosis, I was down 50 pounds, all healthy weight loss, uh, you know, nothing and nothing extravagant. You know, I was working out on my patio um, or or jogging in my neighborhood uh, for about 15 minutes as well. Um, now I did, you know, have to learn uh, more about the foods that I was going to consume. And uh, I put myself on a, a, a eating window of four hours a day. Uh, very challenging. Don't get me wrong. Again, I was desperate. Uh, and so I, that's, I went that route. Um, I believe a lot of people know it as intermittent fasting. Um, so, you know, that four hour day window was, you know, very challenging. Um, but, you know, being able to experience uh, feeling better, you know, the, the, the blurred vision not being present in my left mm. eye anymore, the tingle in my, in my fingers and my toes, you know, not feeling that anymore, the pain in my side, which I found out was uh, the uh, symptom of uh, stage, stage one kidney disease, um, you know, not having that anymore, kidney being in perfect, perfect condition, both of them, um, you know, not having the tingling in my uh, left leg anymore or going numb. Being able to sleep soundly through the night, uh, you know, not having that broken sleep anymore, not having to go and uh, urinate every 10, 15 minutes, um, you know, not not experiencing that anymore was success for me. And so it pushed me to keep going like, man, OK, I, I like the way that I'm feeling, um, you know, as, as it relates to my clothes. I, I like the clothes that I'm wearing and how they're fitting on me. You know, I want to keep pushing. I want to keep going. Um, and then it got to a point to where, you know, I had to realize, like, man, this is. This is something that plagues a, a lot of American citizens. Mm. Uh, and so, man, you know, it's uh, it's up to me um, and those that have, you know, success in reversing type two diabetes as well to you know, speak out and and share this information, um, you know, that it is possible to reverse this chronic illness uh, that you don't have to uh, learn to live with it. Um, it does take discipline. Uh, it takes a, a level of consistency. Um, and it also takes a great deal of patience. Uh, I had to realize early on that, you know, the, the, the chronic illness that, you know, I had, um, it didn't happen overnight. And so I wasn't going to be able to fix it overnight. It wasn't going to get better overnight. Uh, but slow, slowly, 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 uh, each day uh, with each decision that I made, uh, taking it one decision at a time, you know, I was able to get to a point where I successfully reversed uh, type 2 diabetes, uh, you know, decreasing my uh, A1C level by over 10 points. Um, the, the day I was diagnosed, uh, my blood glucose level was uh, 476. Uh, now it's down to 79. So that's uh, 397 points down on my bl blood glucose level. Um, and, you know, now it's, uh, I mean, I'm just making a point, man, to try and share that with as many people as I can, you know, even if it's in passing. Um, you know, fortunately now I got a few, you know, flyers that I can, you know, take out to the stores and just hand one to someone. Um, and, you know, they choose to read it. They do. If they don't, you know, that's, that's fine as well. Very well said and very inspiring, Vernon. Just the simple act of removing sugary drinks from your diet does so much. People can lose so much weight just from that. It's so simple. I mean, a can of soda is 250 calories, something like that. So much sugar, uh, you know, mm. it's terrible. And, uh, I haven't had, you know, soda in a long time. And every once in a while I'll see one and I'll take one sip and I'll, and I'll spit. How would I possibly <laughs> drink that? It was just, yeah. it's, it's so foreign, foreign to you. So looking back now, and I do the same thing when I see photos of myself at my biggest weight, I was, I was 340 pounds, somebody yours. And at my wedding, I remember, and I just think to myself, 
how did I get there? And then, of course, I jab at my friends and say, how did you let me get there? Why didn't you tell me I was, you know, but what, what, I mean, I started a business and I wasn't paying attention. I was working too much. I was eating pizza and soda. And that kind of brought up to the next thing I know I had it. Was that similar? I mean, how did you get there? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, again, growing up, um, I, I learned to deal with uh, stress by uh, just eating the pain away. Mm-hmm. And when I was in college at Grambling State University, I was about 20 years old. So this is 2010. And I uh, saw a photo of myself uh, from the summer of 2010. This was in the fall. Uh, I was a counselor at a accounting career awareness program in Dallas, Texas. And I saw an image of myself and I said, man, I cannot believe that's me. You know, how did I get that big? Now, I'm not sure of what I weighed at that time. All I knew is I wanted to lose weight en route to uh, the next uh, stage of my life, which was, uh, you know, life after college. And so, you know, I had two years to get in, you know, decent shape. And I was able to lose uh, 80 pounds in 10 months back in 2010 going into 2011. And I was able to keep it off uh, up through winter of 2012 when I graduated. And so I'm like, okay, you know, uh, I'm ready for the next stage of my life. I look better. I feel better at that time. Well, I transitioned to Virginia uh, for the next stage of my life. And immediately I was met with adversity. Um, You know, I, I didn't have a vehicle, so I couldn't get around. Um, you know, I was, um, taking classes and so I was stressed out behind that, uh, got a job and, you know, get still getting acclimated to the area, you know, really stressed out. You know, I went to my comfort, which was food Mm -hmm. and I continued to stay in that comfort zone, uh, for the last 10 years. Yeah. 10 years now. Uh, Well, nine and nine and going on 10 years. And, uh, you know, with that, you know, I, I made friends, you know, and we would go out and have a good time. And, you know, looking back, I real, realized that I allowed myself to eat when I wasn't hungry. Hmm. So I might make me a make me something for dinner um, and then get a phone call and, you know, invited to go out. And, you know, this is way before the pandemic. So, you know, I was, you know, let, let's go. And going out, you know, really was about going to a restaurant and having conversation. And I would always order something, you know, I would always order something. And, you know, as as I got uh, as I got larger, um, as I uh, got more and more greedy, um, you know, it it, it came going to the going to the gas station to get gas. I'm going to get some chips, candy and a soda. Um, You know, if I needed to stop by the grocery store to get something quick or if I need to get a gift or something, I'm going to get myself some candy and a juice. Um, And that that became consistent. So leading up to uh, got uh, probably my first uh, major career job as a uh, as a manager for. Uh, a corporate for a, a corporation, and uh, I traveled a lot and going to different areas. You know, not knowing the area, knowing maybe one or two people there, uh, but having uh, different uh, subordinates uh, to to assist and, and help train. Uh, it was very stressful, and so you know, I used my food allowance uh, down to the last cent every day, even if I wasn't hungry. Um, I would still use it and and, and bought something to eat, and, and I packed on so many pounds. Um, then I, you know, go to the, to the company that I have now, it's a desk job. Uh, so I'm sitting there snacking all day, uh, working from home, snacking even more because, uh, you know, I have, a you know, leftovers in the refrigerator or uh, snacks in the pantry that I, that have already been purchased. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's how I got there. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until I looked back on, you know, what led up to the diagnosis that I was able to realize that. And so that was also helpful. That self-reflection was also helpful and, you know, de- deterring, uh, you know, 
myself from going to the kitchen for a snack when it, when I wasn't hungry or mm-hmm. when it was outside of my uh, time window. Uh, you know, help with saying no uh, when someone would invite me out to eat and order something to eat because um, I would still go, but you know, I have to say no, nah, you know, no thank. Even if they were paying for it, no, nah, no thank you. I'm not hungry. Uh, I'm okay. Um, and fortunate, you know, the no's were more often than the give-ins, um, but there were times that I did give in uh, and I had to, you know, accept that on this journey to optimal health, there were going to be setbacks. Um, but, you know, once those setbacks took place, I had to get up and keep fighting, pressing forward towards my overall goals. Yeah, very well said. You know, the whole this kind of diet thing, people, you know, I'm going to have to go on a diet. You have to change the way you do things. Diet is too temporary. And I didn't realize that you you lost 80 pounds and then gained it back. And then here you are. What That seems to be a common trend where people tend to lose a lot of weight and then just gain it back quickly. Keeping it off is, is very challenging and takes a lot of discipline. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, it really has to do with the mindset and the, and the why. Um, you know, back then, my why was was not um, it wasn't it wasn't really concrete. You know, I was looking to be able to it wasn't about feeling good. It was about looking good to impress other people. Um, you know, from being honest with you, you know, I figure, hey, you know, if I if I look good, if I'm in good shape, whenever I get ready to relocate, it'll be easier to find a girlfriend um, and, and, and things of that nature. And so that was my why back then. Um, now my why is to be healthy for my family, uh, my wife, who uh, we've been happily married for two and a half years, uh, to be present for my son, who uh, just turned eight months. Um, you know, I, I can't help them or, or take care of them if I'm not taking care of myself. And so that became my why. Yeah, that's it, it, me too, by the way. But I kind of come to Jesus moment was my daughter. Yeah. And uh, when I when the doctor said I was pre-diabetic, I wasn't quite there yet. Uh, but, um, you know, and I still have her to this day and this doctor. And she said, you know, do you want to see your daughter graduate? Do you want to see this? And, uh, you know, and it's very important to have a, you know, somebody important like that, you know, that you respect a doctor in your life. In fact, last year around this time, I had gained about 20 extra pounds, didn't really realize it. And I went to see her and she weighed me. And first thing she said to me was, Hey, Joe, did your Peloton break? You know, this is her way. And I love it. <laughs> you know, I live in the Northeast. We're a little bit, you know, a little direct over there. But uh, uh, and I love that. So, OK, I get your point. And, you know, I started intermittent fasting like yourself. Let's talk about that visit to the doctor. So you got diagnosed that and automatically they put you on prescription. Did the doctor ever once tell you to exercise, eat right? Was that ever prescribed? So the. The eating right conversation was a uh, very, very short. Um, I, you know, all I said was okay. I think they recommended something called the DASH diet, um, which I had uh, heard before from my primary care physician uh, probably a year prior. But it was, it was a pamphlet. I didn't feel like reading it, so I just tossed it in the back of my vehicle. The working out part, um, that went in one ear and out the other because I, I was already working out. So, hmm. you know, I had to learn that the, the little bit of exercise that I was doing um, was being undone by the things that I ate. And so it was probably better that I didn't you know, waste my time or waste anyone else's time working out at all just because, you know, I wasn't being uh, productive with it. 
And so, you know, but when they did bring that up, you know, I, I said, uh, you know, OK, you know, in one and out the other, uh, because I was just primarily focused on, man, I can't believe this is my life. I can't believe that I have what growing up we called the sugars. You know, I couldn't believe I had that. Um, you know, and I'm and I'm holding back tears in the presence of this uh, professional because I don't want to want them to see me cry. Right. Um, but you can, you can believe, man, that it I was ra- raining tears as soon as I stepped out that door. Um, but you know, knowing that you know I had uh, two friends to contact immediately, one of them being a personal trainer who I had been working out with in the past. Um, but I, at, at that point, I think I hadn't worked out with him for probably a year and a half. Uh, half of it was half of that time was due to the pandemic. The other half was due to uh, my previous job where I was uh, traveling a lot. And so, uh, you know, to be able to call him and you know, him immediately expressing me how necessary it is to work out and that he would assist me. Um, that was a conversation that helped me um, you know, more so than what the doctor expressed on that day. Very interesting. I, I, I mean, why doesn't our healthcare system stress exercise and diet? more often. I mean, seldom do I hear doctors ever say, you know, what are you eating? You know, um, you know, you're sick. Okay. Here's some medication. I mean, especially something like this with diabetes, where it's completely, it's not hereditary. It's something that the patient did to themselves. Is there, is there a, a, a fat shaming or an obesity shaming situation in our, in our country? Are the doctors afraid that they're not going to get, they're going to, the patient's going to ask for another doctor. Why don't politicians mention it? It's because 75% of the public is overweight and they're afraid that if they start mentioning that they're not going to get elected again. I mean, what, what do we do with this? Yeah, that's a good question, man. Um, you know, I mean, I have a uh, speculation, but nothing, uh, nothing that I can prove. Um, but, but I think it does. Some of it does fall along the, along the lines of the example that you just gave. You know, no, no one, no one wants to be most, as far as most people don't want to be the the bearer of bad news. Nice. Um, it, it significantly decreases your network. Um, and if you're in the business where uh, you need you need customers, uh, you need patients, you need to see people, um, you know, you don't want to push them away um, by, you know, sharing the, the harsh truth. Um, now, we do have some out there, um, I'm very positive that we do, that don't mind doing that. And I'm pretty sure long term, their patients respect them much more, um, you know, just in the, you know, after all emotions have, have subsided and everything, that they're much more respected. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not sure, man. Um, you know, I think uh, medical professionals, um, they go to school for quite a long time uh, to be able to, you know, serve the community uh, in this way. And I think they do the best that they can based on whatever, whatever it is that they learn, you know, through their through their academic program. Um, so it, it may just be more of a, you know, going to the source as far as this, you know, maybe schoolings or, you know, wherever information comes from and having that, you know, include, uh, you know, nutrition, having that include more nutrition, more of exercise uh, for overall overall wellness. Uh, but that's just my assumption, uh, you know, uh, at, at the heart of it, I'm not sure, but that's, uh, that's my educated guess on what would be needed. You know, the cynic in me wants to say, you know, the country is addicted to sugar and there's certain people that make money from that. And, um, you know, and why, why not, why not once, once during this pandemic, did we ever hear any of the governmental agencies, 
any politician say, hey, let's use this opportunity to go for walks, to eat less. Let's get healthy again. The, the fatality rates of COVID-19 with obesity are incredibly high. Uh, more people died when they had COVID, when they had, their body also had to deal with the obesity, with the heart stress, with, like you mentioned, the liver and the kidneys. I mean, I, I would just think it would be a perfect opportunity for the government to say, let's get healthy. Let's get these overweight numbers from 75% down. But is it because of the money? Is it, and this is, this is a rhetorical word, and I know you don't have the answer. I'm going to rant for another moment. But, <laughs> <laughs> but is it because of the money? Is it because politicians are afraid to say 75% of you people who vote for me are obese? And if I tell you that, you're going to look at yourself and not vote for me anymore. You know, does it really come down to money? I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not as well. And, uh, you know, but 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 until, you know, some of those answers are are, you know, made clear, uh, it, it takes folks like you, you and me, man, to, you know, to get out there and share it with, you know, our our neighbors, um, you know, those people that we do see in the grocery stores. And, you know, being I had, you know, I had to get to a point where I was OK with if I approach someone that looked out of shape mm -hmm. to ask them about it. I mean, you know, I, you know, what's the point of me, you know, now having acquired knowledge through experience and not sharing it with someone that looks the way that I used to look, you know, I can't say, okay, well, I'll pass that person. Joey will get him when he comes around, you know, because Joey might not be available or Joey's uh, state of mind might not be there. He may be focused on something else or on a phone call. You know, you never know. And so we have to take the advantage of the opportunities that we do have to just speak up. The worst thing someone can say is no, get away from me. Right. And that's OK. You move on to the next person. You know, no, no need to force any information on someone if they're not ready for it. I know it was things as far as health and fitness that I wasn't ready for, you know, four or five years ago that, you know, I invited now in my life out of desperation. Uh, and I'm so grateful for that desperation because it probably wouldn't have stuck. Very interesting. And then, you know, we always talk about the grocery store staying on the outside, right? Staying on the outside because that's where all the vegetables are. That's where all the, you know, everything is processed in the middle, but a, a store necessarily, and I'm, I'm getting cynical again here. I apologize, <laughs> but the, the store itself wouldn't really want, would they invite this? What well, you say, don't buy that, buy this. They want you to buy everything. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what the, what the solution is there. So when you see somebody that's, that's particularly overweight and as bad has high caloric, high fat contents in their cart. I mean, how do you, Vernon, that's incredible. How do you break the ice with that? You show them a picture of yourself on your phone. How do you, that must be something. Yeah. Yeah, great question. Uh, my approach has always been don't assume. And so uh, when I do approach someone, uh, wherever it is in public, I ask them, do they know someone that, you know, has this issue? You know, even if it's them, you know, they'll say, well, I do. Instead of saying, instead of me asking, hey, do you? Then it, it, it comes off, uh, it comes off insensitive. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to learn that uh, very, very quick. Um, that that's just, it's not going to allow for a conversation to take place. Um, but if I come from uh, the angle of, hey, do you know someone? Uh, and then once we start conversing, then I pull out my phone and I show them before pictures of where I was, you know, a year and a half ago, two, three years ago. Um, and then I show them pictures of where I am today, you know, in addition to what they uh, see, you know, in the flesh, uh, show them pictures of where I am today. And then uh, then I also show them a picture of my uh, book. I, I think one of the things that has benefited me here recently is uh, being able to have a QR code. 
for someone to scan uh, from my phone through their camera and pull up the Amazon link to my book, Uncomfortable Peace. Uh, and that that in and of itself has been a, a great way for me to end conversations because and now they have something on their phone, which they're going to they're going to use their phone. They're going to look at their phone at least 10 times before before they get back to their vehicle. Uh, they have an Amazon link that they yeah, can at least take a look at to you know see what it's about and they can make a decision if they if they want to learn more. Uh, you know, through purchasing a book uh, or uh, and I, I share my contact information with uh, people in public, you know, if they want to give me a call to ask more questions uh, and we just got to take it one at a time. You know, we might have 10 no's, um, but we get that one. Yes, that one. Yes. Can turn those 10 no's into yeses down the line. I mean, Vernon, I don't know. It's incredible. I, I, that's so inspiring what you're doing. I mean, I, you know, people say hit the pavement and, you know, get a ground movement going. And I don't know anybody who's doing it. I mean, that's incredible. I, I applaud that. That is so inspirational. So what made you write the book? I mean, did you get inspiration that way? Did you say, I want to share this with others? How do you sit down and write a book after all this? Yeah, um, yeah, it was just a, in a period of my life where um, I, I needed something to keep me busy um, in addition to working out. Um, it's not like a hobby, right? Um, so, you know, we're in the, in the middle of the pandemic and uh, there's not really many places I can go. Um, you know, my wife and I, we, uh, you know, throughout our friendship, we played video games a lot. Um, but um, as, as we got married, you know, playing video games really slowed down just you know, we just didn't have time. And uh, so, you know, I haven't really played video games much, so I couldn't turn to that. Um, so I, you know, started typing up my story and figuring out, hey, man, you know, I can actually, uh, you know, make this into a book um, after speaking with my trainer who wrote a book. Um, and he explained to me uh, the process and uh, how simple it was. And, uh, you know, so hey, I'm gonna give this a shot. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's where it came from uh, and brought us to where we are today. Um, and I, th I think it's a uh, it's a it's a lot better at least at least to me um, it's a lot better uh, than a, a YouTube video that I you know attempted in the past um, you know for some reason people like to pay uh, for information you know a lot of information if it's uh, given freely uh, the value the isn't isn't viewed as valuable mm -hmm. and that's okay um, you know having to understand like that's a, a part of our uh, you know our, our psycho psychology here in America. Um, it, it, it's only valuable if it costs or it's more valuable if it costs more. Mm. Um, and that's okay. Uh, I'm not trying to exploit, um, you know, take advantage of anyone by no means, uh, just, you know, trying to adapt, uh, to the society that we have today in order to get this information out at, at the very least, uh, just my story on what I did. Um, and then there, are, uh, there's a good information in my book, um, that really prompts continued self-education. Um, cause, you know, no success can be had in any field uh, of study without self-education. If I just relied on what Joey said mm. uh, for me to do, you know, when tough times come, when funny. tough times come, I'm going to disregard and I'm going to revert back to what I know. Mm. Uh, but if I did the research uh, and found, you know, developed a conviction for whatever it is I learned in research, when tough times come, I can hold fast to that research because it's what I know. Very, very interesting. Do you consider yourself a disciplined person, Vernon Davis? Um, overall, yes. Uh, throughout my life, there were some areas where I wasn't disciplined uh, and others that I were. Um, today, overall, I do consider myself a disciplined person. And when you took on, I, I mean, taking on writing a book and taking on walking up to strangers in a grocery store and trying to help them. I mean, that's incredible discipline. 
I I can't imagine. I, I this would be so difficult to do. It'd be so difficult. To, so, have you always been disciplined? Do you believe? Uh, overall, yes. Um, again, there were uh, some areas in my life where I just wasn't disciplined. Prim- primarily, when it came to uh, you know knowing my limits as it relates to mm-hmm. food and and sodas and or you know there are times where I was lazy uh, throughout my life, uh, different periods of my life where I was you know lazy, didn't want to do anything outside of my designated responsibilities, whether that was going to class, uh, you know contributing as small of an amount as I could to any group projects, uh, so that I could spend as much time as I could to myself and you know doing my own thing, just lounging around my dorm room, uh, what have you. Um, that's, you know, 10, 15 years ago to old me. Um, but today, you know, very, very disciplined um, and, and still and still with room to grow. Um, you know, there's still more discipline that could be that could be had on my end uh, throughout my life in, in general. Um, I think uh, one of the benefits of uh, me being a social person, um, you know, has been I'm sorry, um, me being able to, you know, walk up to strangers and speak um, mm-hmm. has been, you know, just uh, having, you know, grown up being a social person. And, uh, you know, and, and to be honest, man, being able to wear masks, um, you know, or having to wear masks rather has also helped with speaking to strangers uh, because it's, it's still like a part of me that they don't see. Uh, it's almost like. Uh, I'm interacting with someone online almost because they don't see my entire face. Right. So they don't see all of me. Very interesting point. Very interesting point. You know, when, when people ask me and you know, how I lost the weight, they want some like silver magic bullet. Like, you know, I hopped on one foot for an hour or something, you know, like, like it's some kind of secret. I, I, so I, I just say, look, it's just discipline. You know, I mean, you, you have to change the way you do things. You've got, you you got yourself to this point. Now you got to get yourself out of it and stay off of it, you know, and stay away from it. Um, and I think I get a lot of pushback from people on the word discipline. Sometimes people say discipline's too militant and I'm not a militant person or we need compassion and love, not discipline. And I, I welcome the conversation. It's just kind of different angles uh, of discipline. Uh, what motivates you, Vernon? Uh, man, being around as long as I can for my wife and son motivates me, man. Um, and being able to take care of them, that motivates me. Uh, that's a huge part of, you know, my why and what it is that I do now and over the last year and a half. Uh, another thing that motivates me is, uh, you know, being able to help help our community, uh, you know, my no- local neighborhood, local city where I currently reside, uh, which, you know, long term will have, uh, you know, effects on the country. Uh, and so being able to help impact the country in a positive way, just that idea motivates me because I, I don't want to, you know, have concluded you know, the things that I've concluded, implemented the things that I've implemented and keep it all to myself. Mm. You know, I want others to experience not not just success, uh, but feeling better and not being concerned about the functionality of their of their body. Uh, when when that happens in a person's life, every other area of their life, in theory, uh, is uh, positively impacted. Job performance is impacted. My job production cr- increased on my job as I got healthier. Wow. Um, you know, social life is impacted. Um, you know, spiritual life is also impacted, um, you know, and, you know, financially, um, there's a, a, a positive impact financially because you're not spending, you know, X amount of dollars mm-hmm. on co-pays going to, you know, emergency rooms uh, or, or urgent cares. Uh, you're not spending X amount of dollars 
on over the over the counter uh, drugs for, you know, symptoms that, you know, like symptoms that you experience when you take care of your body and, and keep, uh, you know, diseases and ailments away. Um, and that's uh, that's probably one of the more subtle things that, you know, me and my wife talk about that, uh, you know, our expenses, uh, our living expenses have uh, dropped, uh, you know, significantly uh, since uh, being on this journey just for myself, from our grocery bill uh, to, you know, again, um, hospital or um, urgent care clinic visits. Um, you know, the things that we uh, purchase, like uh, like Tylenol, for example, you know, don't, don't hardly purchase, you know, over-the-counter drugs like that anymore because mm. uh, this is not needed, you know. Um, and if I do feel, you know, the slight the slightest something, you know, there's a natural herb that I can go to um, and consume to uh, help help fix that uh, here in, in the immediate future. So and it's, and it's not just a covering up of the symptoms it actually gets to the root of whatever whatever the issue was. And that's something that I had to learn as well, um, that, you know, for every uh, every disease, every ailment out there, um, there is a uh, plant that God has created to help help fix that. Hmm. And it should be noted that you completely reversed diabetes. Your, your yes, organs sir. are all in, in order. You're not on any medication. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. So how do you measure success? Success varies from person to person. For me, uh, success is being able to go into the doctor's office every three months. Mm -hmm. And they say, man, you know, Mr. Davis, your blood work looks great. Uh, Mr. Davis, you know, these other things that we, uh, you know, tested in your urine, you know, they're all in the normal range. That's success for me because uh, a year and a half ago, you know, they were all abnormal. Um, and so, you know, and they didn't have to stay that way. They could have, uh, but they didn't have to stay that way. But it, it was a it was decisions that I had to make in order to, you know, better those those abnormal numbers. Um, success for me is, you know, being an example for my son, you know, me learning now and going through the things that I've gone through. Um, as far as recovery, um, I can aid him in learning as he, you know, grows up in a, in a, from the perspective of prevention. Um, and I think that's what, you know, is going to be helpful, you know, coming, coming from me and my team long-term is teaching, teaching prevention, which definitely focused on helping people that do have, uh, type two diabetes or any chronic illness for that matter. Cause I think a, a good portion of the uh, information, uh, that, you know, we, we speak on, um, is applicable to the majority of chronic illnesses that are self-inflicted uh, due to uh, food and, uh, you know, lack of exercise. Um, but, you know, being able to talk about prevention for the generations to come, uh, you know, for the for the kids that were just born, for the babies that were just born, you know, God willing, they're going to grow up and be uh, toddlers, they're going to grow up and be uh, preteens, they're going to grow up to be teenagers and young adults. And so throughout, you know, those developing years, you know, to be able to teach prevention is that's going to be a, a, a huge milestone as far as success for me and anybody that's associated with me, because that's what it's going to come to. Not everybody's going to have type two diabetes. Not everybody is going to, uh, you know, have the symptoms that, you know, I had and not everyone has to. Yeah, very, very true. Bernie Davis, absolute pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you so much. Very inspiring. I love what you're doing. I mean, I, I know so many people that, you know, have overcome adversity and turn it around and now help others do it. That That's the true mark of a, of a, of a inspiring and wonderful individual. And that's exactly what you're doing. And, and you're doing it you know, at the BRICS level, you're approaching people. I mean, it's, uh, and you're going on this tour now with this book. And it's very, very inspiring. Please tell us how we can get the book. How can we get in touch with you? Uh, our listeners want to know. 
Yes. Uh, so right now on Amazon, you can purchase a copy of uh, Uncomfortable Peace. Um, it is available right now on Amazon, a uh, paperback as well as an uh, ebook. Um, I'll be offering signed copies uh, on our website, dfpublishing.org. Um, our website will go live on January the 21st of this year. Um, I can be reached um, at Vernon, that's V E R N O N, at D as in David, F as in Frank publishing.org. Uh, that's my direct email address. Um, and then you have uh, social media links as well. Uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, if you just search Vernon P. Davis Jr. for Junior, uh, you'll be able to find me. And if you also search uh, DF Publishing on Facebook and Instagram, you'll be able to find us as well. And I'll put all that in the show notes as well, as long as also a link to the book and all those links uh, to your website as well. Vernon Davis, absolute pleasure speaking to you, my friend. I hope one day that uh, we can all get together, your wife and child, my girlfriend, maybe have a cup of coffee. I would love to have a face-to-face discussion with you. You're inspiring, and I and I wish you success, and I uh, let me know if I can help in any way. Oh, perfect. Yeah, Joey, thank you so much for having me, man. Uh, Definitely looking forward to meeting you here one day, Uh, hoping to get up to the Northeast uh, in the very, very near future Um, and, uh, you know, see how many lives we can uh, impact, uh, you know, up there for the time being. And then, uh, you know, even while we're gone, you know, um, you know, thankfully, uh, the way technology is today, you know, you don't have to be present uh, for a long period of time or at all for information to be shared. And so, uh, you know, uh, I think being personable, um, you know, people seeing me in person, interacting with me in person does help in uh, some of that information sticking. But long term, um, you know, it, it is a, you know, a matter of keeping up with it, uh, self-education, as I expressed. And, uh, you know, prayerfully, uh, you know, everybody we interact with will do that and, uh, you know, implement the things that they learn based on the things that they uh, that they conclude from what they learn. Yeah, it may be the, the biggest issue that we have in our country is our health. And, um, you know, starting at this level and spreading it around, uh, it only helps. Vernon Davis, thank you again so much. You be well. I hope to talk to you soon. All right. God bless you. Have a good one. Bye now. Thank you for listening and or viewing Joey Pinn's Discipline Conversations. Please share this episode with one or two of your friends who you think may benefit from the episode. Our website, www.joeypins.com. There you find lots of resources and you could join our mailing list. Please follow us on all our social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Podcast information, the video version of our podcast is on YouTube. Please subscribe. Audio is on all major podcasting platforms. Please follow them. And if you like it, please consider giving five-star rating. Would really appreciate that. Would you like to financially support the podcast? You can go to our Patreon site. Consider $5, 10 or $20 a month. There's all kind of plans that we have there. There's like a one-time payment. What is this podcast episode worth to you? $25, $50, $100, $500, $1,000, $5,000. You be the judge. You can go to our PayPal account to do that as well. Thank you again for listening or watching Joey Pinn's Discipline Conversation.